sweet darling. Welcome back to Tea Cakes and Tarot with Will Wilhelm. I'm so happy to have you here. All right, are we ready to dive back in? We're gonna think more big thoughts and we're gonna approach the challenges we face as artists and makers. And we are going to think of solutions with the creativity that only beautiful queerness knows how to bring. <laughs> so I invite you to bring yourself back to our magical, mystical space between. Today, I'm going to be bringing you another wonderful conversation with a fabulous guest. After we have our chat, I'm going to provide my friend with a special Tea Cakes and Tarot tarot reading. And what that consists of is a single card from the Major Arcana and a sonnet reading, one of Shakespeare's sonnets. Before we dive in, I want you to take a moment to center yourself. Think about what kind of day you've been having. If you're just starting, what kind of day do you want to have? What are you grateful for right now? Who are you grateful for? Is there anyone in your life that brings a smile to your face like every time you think about them? Someone who makes you feel taken care of and seen and celebrated? I am so honored and grateful to be joined by someone who makes me feel that way always. He is an incredibly multi-talented artist. He just made his Broadway debut in The Inheritance, which is a gorgeous queer epic. He has toured internationally, and he is the creator and performer of two solo shows. They're called This African American Life with Ezra Glass, and I Definitely Need Therapy. Okay, y'all ready to do this? I'm really excited to bring to you a conversation with Jordan Barbour. It was originally recorded on September 25th, 2020. Hi, okay. beautiful. Hi. How are you? I'm, you know, I wanted the same fancy, beautiful background as you, but I'm having some technical difficulties at home. So instead, all of America gets to see my blanket fort that I've made for myself. Honestly, as beautiful as these designs are, um, and we love Kathleen Lynn Morgan who made them, I love that everyone is seeing you in your element. Which I hate is it. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> Jordan, I love you so much. And I love working with you. And I want to ask you a couple questions, but I just like want to tell everyone a little bit about why I'm obsessed with you. Um, and okay. that is that you, I always call you my favorite teammate in the room. I'm like, wherever I am, I want Jordan on my team. Um, because you are so good um, at advocating um, for, you are so good at helping other people and making sure their voices are, own, are heard. But you also, by advocating for yourself, make a model for everyone else on how to like advocate for themselves and make sure that they like can stand up on their own. And just from day one, I was like, uh, yes, thank you for showing me the way. Uh, Jordan and I are both Libras, and I am wearing yeah. <laughs> to match that Christian bought me. Thank you, Christian. I um, bad. I want. I mean, I don't have any hair to put it in, but I get tied in my beard, maybe or something. I would love that. You got it, dope. Jordan, I have some questions for you, and the audience might as well. So we met doing at a rap company. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, 
um, my sense of working at a rep company is there are a lot of people who are like all about, oh, you know, you see me, you know, in these different shows from year to year and I like, I completely melt into the role and I'm so transformative and I'm like, that is very, it's a, it's a skill that is admirable. But what mm -hmm. I'm obsessed with about your performances, Jordan, is that there is always an element of the character that is undeniably and irrevocably and irreplaceably Jordan Barr War. And that it like that is exactly what I like yearn to do. That is like that is just goals for me. So I'm like, I'm just so curious how you um how you always maintain something that cannot ever, ever be put in by any other human on your performances. First of all, ridiculously high praise. Um, it's true, it's just true, I love it. I, 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 you have no idea how much that means for, to me, for you to say that to me. So I really appreciate that. Um, you know, honestly, what it stems from is, I, I feel like I spent so many years trying to be a chameleon and I spent so many years trying, you know, emulating like your Meryl Streep's and emulating your um, Daniel Day Lewis's and your Jeffrey Wright's, these people who like completely disappear into, or Gary Oldman, these people who like completely disappear into a role mm -hmm. um, to such an extent that like you don't see them anymore. And I realized that like, I realized a few years ago that like that just, isn't me. I'm just not going to be able to do that. Um, and I think as a result, I really embraced, it, it sort of coincided with me being in therapy and learning to like myself and actually learning that like, there are some really great qualities that I have that I don't need to be ashamed of and that I should actually be bringing forth. And, you know, as you wrote in the press from before this, or in the press leading up to this, like queering my roles and queering not even just queering them, but like just just realizing that every character I play has to be imbued with something real and something lived in for me, in order for me to bring some authenticity to it. Mm -hmm. And so rather than working rather than working from the character and then finding Jordan, I sort of start with Jordan and then find the character inside there because yeah. I'm not going to successfully play all characters. There are some characters that I am just not good at and that I'm never going to, I'm just not going to make it work. But what, in, in just embracing being my weird queer self, I, and, and most importantly, loving that weird queer self and appreciating that weird queer self, that weird queer self that for years was told was worthless and was not desirable and didn't, we didn't want in rooms. We didn't want that aspect of you in rooms. Finally learning to say, this is who I am and I'm just going to, bring that and really just you know hedging my bets on that and really digging in and just trying to be as much me as I possibly can while I'm also trying to bring truth to the characters um because I, I just I I get really bored when I watch actors be all actory mm -hmm. and try to just emote and just like work through a part and try to I got to figure out how my character's you know, left pinky feels. And it's just like, no, you don't actually. You really don't. You can actually just recognize that you're a full human being and that you've lived a full life and that the most research that you can do for a role is looking back within yourself and bringing some truth forward. Yeah. And so that's what I try to do with each of my roles. 
and you do it so well. And I love you. I can't think of one role that I don't want to see you play, to be honest. Um, <laughs> and it's because you do, you bring authenticity and you bring yourself into everything. And because I'm such a fan of you as a person and because you're such an like, interesting and beautiful and complicated person, as we all are, and you bring exactly. that exactly. to your work. So I'm like, yes, I'm, it's so compelling to me. Um, Will you, uh, we don't just dive so deep into this, but I'm curious if you have any thoughts about like, um, about masculinity in Shakespeare and especially when it comes to um, you, Jordan, in Shakespeare, queering the canon and also holding complicated notions of masculinity, uh, which are written in, but also I think that like, Shakespeare Festival is kind of like put into it. Like this, this, you know what I'm saying. I mean, okay, how much time do we, I, this, uh, okay. I will try. <laughs> I will try we could do this best. all night, I know. I, know I, I I will try my best to be as succinct as possible. Yeah, um, whatever you want. Give it. I think that there is a uh, general sense with theater and the arts um, in this country in particular that is considered, for lack of a better phrase right now, girly or soft or um what's the word i'm looking for just the there, there's something about like emotional work there's something about sensitivity that culturally speaking we associate with femininity and therefore weakness for some reason it's ludicrous um and i think that what a lot of masculinity and toxic masculinity at that has has tried to stake a claim in artistic space that says, this is for real men. This is what real men do. And I think that there's this assumption in Shakespeare, especially that like, that's where the real gravitas male actors go, because it's not that frilly musical theater. You know, I mean, you noticed that when we were at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, there was, no one was ever blatantly rude or disrespectful about Oklahoma or any of the musicals, but there was a sense of like, we we're an or we're a Shakespeare festival. We don't do that here, and to a certain extent, I get that. But like, I think that ultimately, what is happening is people are so afraid of the inherent softness and queerness of the theater that cis straight men come in and stake a claim on this space and make it such a a thing that excludes a. a, a perf- performances that inhabit queerness, performances that have queerness, and it's bullshit, and it's boring. And it's, and if I'm being completely honest, it's it's antithetical to what Shakespeare was doing. I mean, she, the fact of the matter is Shakespeare was writing, we can get into all the gender politics and gender performance of what Shakespeare was doing, but Shakespeare was writing parts knowing that cis men were going to be playing women. And especially in the comedies, it's all through that stuff. So like, there's this weird disconnect that I think is happening with like modern Shakespeare. I noticed that when I was like at the old Vic uh, a couple of years ago, I was seeing a very bad production of, uh, God, what was it? Uh, uh, oh God, I know what it is. Hero and the wedding. As you, no, no. Much of your peace. I'm so sorry. I can remember. But um, I was seeing a, a, production and I went down to the basement during uh to, to the lobby to go to the bathroom during uh intermission and there were just these like Shakespeare guys down there 
and it was just these actors and they were just like they were in these like they had these like this careless hair and they were just talking about the craft of acting and i was like you guys suck you guys suck i hate all of you and like i think what i have had so much fun in doing when i do you know so i i I guess probably the biggest Shakespeare role I've had is playing Mark Antony, which already, if you just look at the history of Mark Antony and if you look at him on the page, there's so much that screams queer or at least queer-ish about the character Mm -hmm. that like, I just kind of leaned into that and played the stakes of it and didn't worry about performing masculinity and didn't, or tried not to worry about performing masculinity. We, We all fall victim to it, especially those of us who identify as cis, he, him, men, um, there's a lot of BS in the country around what masculinity is. And I, I am, I, I feel like every role I take on is in some attempt, is in some way trying to break down the barriers of masculinity or, or heteronormativity, mm-hmm. all of the things that are trying to keep us in these strictures, these social structures that tell us who we are and how to behave. And so just getting to queer up Mark Antony just a little bit or, or Rosencrantz when I played Rosencrantz or any role that I play in a Shakespeare play, even the straight ones, whatever that means. But like there's, I, I, I have taken great pleasure in watching cis straight men not know what to do with my performances and not fully get what I'm going for. And that to me is theater. That's the most exciting thing. If you knew where my Mark Antony was going to go, there's no point in watching him. If you yeah. if you have this prescribed idea of what Friends Romans Countryman is supposed to be, then don't go see Julius Caesar. There's no point in it. My hope is to always excite the, the audience. And it's unfortunate that like me being my, my queer self is provocative uh, in a Shakespeare play. Because you said it. It's... Theater. Nothing theater. is queerer than theater. Everything about the theater is a suspension. Is it, I never remember if it's suspension of belief or suspension of disbelief. I think it's suspension of belief. So everything about the like, as opposed to film, and again, we can we can go down this rabbit hole, but like, I I do think a lot of this has to do with film and film being such a naturalistic medium and film being uh, being able to promote certain iconography in a way that is so pervasive and becomes ubiquitous. And I think when like certain ideas of what masculinity is, especially when we look at sort of the modern era, the, 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 the change in acting to naturalism with Elia Kazan and like the Brando years and the um, Dean, uh, uh, what's his name? Dean, oh God, <laughs> he's like a matinee idol from the fifties and he died young. What am I, who am I thinking of? James Dean. James Dean. Thank you, God. Um, everyone in the chat came to help with that one. <laughs> thank you, everyone in the chat. But uh, I don't know what's going on with my mind. But like, yeah, the, the sort of like iconography of what a man is got sort of cemented in the American psyche. Yes. And I think as film has sort of overtaken uh, the acting arts, at least in certainly in America that idea of what masculinity is has invaded the theater, which like, let's be real, there's nothing naturalistic about theater. You are literally in a space that you're being told is somewhere else. So it's all all make-believe, it's all pretend, and there's a reason why it's 
play. And like, it's movie, movies got called movies because they were moving pictures. Plays, the actual etymology of the word, but plays for me has always been about play and about like exploring and, and discovering and, and, and that to me. Where people sing and dance their emotions. And if you can believe that, you can believe a lot of things. And every Shakespeare play ended with a damn jig. Every Shakespeare play ended with the characters breaking all this nonsense off and then doing a, a hoedown or whatever at the end of the play. So like, <laughs> bring it back. So, so as to say, hey, stop taking yourself so seriously. Yes, we killed everyone in Denmark, but here's a jig. To, I don't know if they did it with all the tragedies, but like, you know what I'm I saying? Like, there was, there, there, was, there was a sense of, um, of lightness, I think, or at least to the idea of it, that I feel like in modern actors, and I think a lot of this has to do with, you know, the academization of acting and has to, has to do with the capitalization of acting, turning, act, turning the arts and acting into a, a capitalist enterprise. Yes. We have to find ways to um, make it marketable and make it palatable for a larger swath of Americans. And what that has become, especially for men in the theater, in order to distance yourself away from the frilly musicals mm-hmm. has been to be like stoic, reserved, like very guy like guy kind of thing and yeah. it's i mean it's what leonardo dicaprio won his oscar for yeah um it's it's that kind of thing um we love seeing young actors get these roles where they get to like really guy it up and it's yeah. just like uh, so boring yeah yesterday we had a really interesting conversation with my friend kevin Cantor about the commodification of queerness in like a capitalist thing that is our industry and we could go, I know, I know we could go on about that. Um, can this I? Just, we wish we chatted more. We just need to talk more. He's I know. I, I love know. you. I no love you too. too. Um, can I give you a, a little reading? Of course. Yeah. Um, so thank you. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you um, a reading with one card from the Major Arcana. Um, I don't know how much you know about tarot, but it's sort of like, okay, great. It's uh, sort of like 22 cards that are the cycle of life and they're the sort of archetypes along the way, which I kind of think of as like Shakespeare's characters and how you and I interpret ourselves through them instead of like, you know, trying to do what other people do. Um, And then I'm gonna draw one of Shakespeare's sonnets um, for you. So do you, how are you feeling right now? Um, do you have a question about something or a curiosity about something specific? Um, any mood or any vibe you want to set? Something that I should verbalize? Uh, yeah, if you don't mind. Uh, I mean, how, how, how specific versus existential should I get? It's all up to you. Um, <laughs> well, I could ask about so many things that are big. Um, and this is kind of a big thing, but I'm I'm really curious if there's anything in the stars regarding what's happening with our industry, what's happening with theater um, and the arts. I'm curious as to how we will emerge from this. I don't. Is this a is this the type of question I should be asking? I mean, I don't know. Anything you want. It's your reading. It's whatever okay. you want greater clarity on or a new perspective on. Yeah, I guess. Um, I'm sort of figuring out what my next step as an artist are. Um, yeah. I'm starting to realize the limits of, of um, 
just being an actor and putting myself out there um, for the judgment and display of others and trying to figure out how to be more autonomous in my career. And as you've witnessed, and as I'm so proud of you for doing yourself, by the way, the solo show, I love that you're doing a solo show because I've done solo shows and I feel like I, I'm going to take credit for it. I'm just going to do it. Let me do it. But You are um, trying to me in many ways. <laughs> it's not me. But um, thank you. But uh, yeah, I guess I would, uh, I'm just, I, I have this generally big question mark in my head about just what the Christian said. I'm the queen of solo shows. Thank you, Christian. Um, I just have this big question mark in my head about just what my path as an artist is moving forward and what are the ways I'm allowed to be selfish and, and do what I want to do as an artist and how can I make that work in a system that is completely built on capital mm -hmm. and in, in where that is stacked against me in so many ways. Yes. <laughs> That's great. That's perfect. That's perfect. Okay, good. Um, I've been shuffling these cards. I'm going to bring them up onto camera a little bit and I'm going to fumble with them and you let me know um, based on sight or based on feeling when you're ready and then the top one will be yours and we'll do the same with the sonnets. So I just say stop? Okay. Stop. Okay. okay. The card, this is perfect is the magician. So I know you probably can't see it very well. Um, I can see it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So the magician like controls all of the elements. The magician has everything that you need within his power. He holds a wand to the sky um, and he's pointing to the ground. So he's channeling energy through the sky and like uh, through like a foundation into the ground. He represents power and creativity. He is prepared, he is resourceful, and he manifests by directing his, all of his abilities and his strengths. He manifests by just deciding where they need to go and putting them in a direction and doing wow. that. So we're gonna talk about that in a second. I'm about to go through it over here. <laughs> but, um, I also want to pull a sonnet for you. So do the same thing whenever you feel ready. Okay. Stop. Great. Okay. This is sonnet 33. I'm going to read it to you twice. Okay. Full many a glorious morning have I seen flatter the mountain tops with sovereign eye. Kissing with golden face the meadows green, gilding pale streams with heavenly alchemy. Anon, permit the basest clouds to ride with ugly rack on his celestial face. And from the forlorn world his visage hide, stealing unseen to west with this disgrace. E'en so my sun one early morn did shine with all triumphant splendor on my brow. But out, alack, he was but one hour mine, the region cloud, hath masked him from me now. Yet him for this, my love, no wit disdaineth. Sons of the world may stain when heaven's sun staineth. Um, so that, to me, is a little bit about, he talks about the sun being so beautiful and wonderful and basking in its warmth, but the sun is always ephemeral. Um, and so the poem is about a very sort of common unavoidable disappointment 
Um, and like the cloud feels like a betrayal, but it's also a part of life. Um, but I feel like that's also telling us that the sunshine is brief and to not, um, not expect it to, to last forever because if the sun were shining forever, would we ever really appreciate it? Um, so disappointments come, but also the sun comes back. Um, I'm gonna, I wanna read that for you one more time. Um, and, yeah. uh, and like, just taking this, this car, the magician, just gonna let you look at him. Full many a glorious morning have I seen flatter the mountaintops with sovereign eye. Kissing with golden face the meadows green, gilding pale streams with heavenly alchemy. Anon, permit the basest clouds to ride with ugly rack on his celestial face, and from the forlorn world his visage hide, stealing unseen to west with his disgrace. Even so, my sun, one early morn did shine with all triumphant splendor on my brow, but out, alack, he was but one hour mine. The region cloud hath masked him from me now. Yet him for this my love no whit disdaineth. Sons of the world may stain when heaven's sun staineth. Ugh. Is anything about the oh, sonnet, the card that, um, that is sticking out to you right now? Yeah, I mean, just the idea of the sun. You know, it's in relation to what you were saying, you were saying that the sun is ephemeral and I'm so with you, but actually what I'm taking from it is that like the sun is actually a constant and it's our relationship with the sun that's ephemeral. Yes, you're right. You know, so it, it, as far as like thinking through what the world is right now, and this is slightly off the topic of what, this is what I really wanted to ask you real talk, but like, we don't have time to get into the nature of politics and the state of the world right now. But like, you know, I think it's so, that whole description of how when the sun is shining on you, it basks this heavenly glow, it gilded the streams and, um, and then the sun was only mine for an hour and then a cloud took it. And just the idea that In a way, it's kind of like the clouds are what is ephemeral. Um, mm -hmm. That sun is still there. And like, we're always turning. So we're going to block it. We're going to lose our view of it. But it's always there. And it's... Um, yeah. And I just want to bring in the magician again to you. Because you asked about what is next and can I be selfish and how do I create? Jordan, you are so powerful and you are so unique and you are not only multi-skilled um but also have so many passions i've seen you create in so many different ways in our short friendship um and i know like you're not like you know the commercial commercial beach but you did just make your broadway debut that it was your that was a that is a sun rising and and i don't think you know, anyone expected that the next thing you would do after your Broadway debut is make a blanket for it, like we all are, um, you know? And, and it's okay, it's okay. Um, it's okay to like feel betrayed and disappointed by that, I would. Um, but when it talks to me- I the blank is for is for this home studio that I've made. I don't, I haven't, you know, not that I'd be complaining or, or ashamed if I had just made a blanket for it because I will live my life however I want. Absolutely. But, but I do want to justify why I have a blanket for it at my 
parents' house in New Jersey. So, um, <laughs> yes. But darling, you manifest all of the things that are within you. You have all of the elements at your disposal and you get to decide how to create and how to channel that energy. Love you. Thank you for this. I really love that we got to chat. Thank you so much for being here. You're incredible. Wow. 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 I love Jordan so much. And if I could only tell y'all an ounce of the buffoonery that we've been through, but <laughs> that is a story for another time and another space. <laughs> On a more serious note, I really, really appreciate what Jordan said and what he brings to the stage as himself and confronting that sort of historical creation of maleness and masculinity on stage. The way he described that sort of Hollywood infusion of the ideal archetypal man was so spot on. And the way he talks about transformation in general. As people who went through formalized acting training, it's all about that chameleon-like ability that he alluded to. And I was very indoctrinated into that myself as a very impressionable college-aged student. And over time, and especially through watching Jordan, I realized that if I am going through the effort to become all of these other people and there is no one left on stage that looks or sounds or feels like myself or like Jordan, then I am doing a disservice, not only to myself, but to my community who I feel a love for and a responsibility to. Our role as creators is to tell the story of humanity in all of its beautiful complexity. And if we are representing such a narrow slice of what humans do and how they behave, we're not actually encouraging our audiences to think expansively in the way that we seem to purport that we do. So I really, really want to thank Jordan for being a huge reminder of that in my life. Now, Maybe I'm clairvoyant, maybe I just know Jordan really well, but regardless, I had a feeling that nothing was going to be getting him down. Of course, in the months since our conversation, he has just started his own wonderful podcast that he co-created. It's called Queer Anon with Mr. Sister. You should definitely give that a listen for queer commentary on the world and politics and art and drag race. You can also check him out on a podcast called Shakespeare at Home. It's Shakespeare at Symbol Home. He is playing Brutus in their podcast production of Julius Caesar, and it is free and available wherever you find podcasts. Because of course, as I said, Jordan can play all the parts. Thank you once more to him, and thank you to our incredible team, Tea Cakes and Tarot with Will Wilhelm was co-created by myself and Aaron Murray. Our sound engineer is Orion Schwalm. We are produced by the Island Shakespeare Festival. And our wonderful graphic designer, who I mentioned in the original interview, now goes by the name Ray Catherine Morgan. Sending special love to them. Okay, I'm going to leave you now with one more reading of Sonnet 33. 
Full many a glorious morning have I seen flatter the mountaintops with sovereign eye, kissing with golden face the meadows green, gilding pale streams with heavenly alchemy. Anon permit the basest clouds to ride with ugly rack on his celestial face, and from the forlorn world his visage hide, stealing unseen to west with this disgrace. E'en so my sun one early morn did shine, with all triumphant splendor on my brow. But out, alack, he was but one hour mine. The region cloud hath masked him from me now. Yet him for this my love no whit disdaineth. Sons of the world may stain when heaven's sun staineth. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. Remember that you have magic in your mind and in your big, beautiful heart. Until the next time, keep on shining.